0: Hi everybody, it's Chris Gethard, the music's playing, but I'm not going to do the spiel because we're doing something special today. I'd rather go one-on-one, I think it'll be more fun, and I'll get to know you, and you'll get to know me. Hey everybody, Chris Gethard here, and uh, this is a little mini thing that we're putting together As a thank you to everyone who's been supporting the show, 200 episodes, 200 episodes, we dropped 200 episodes, and I just wanted to do something intimate and small to just say such a genuine thank you, you know, for the 100th episode, we uh, talked to a couple people, two different people who were 100 years old. And for the 200th episode, we said, well, we can't find a 200-year-old person. What are we going to do? And then I thought about it. I was like, you know, this show is so intimate. This show really feels like a connection between me and each individual caller. When I go on the road and meet all the listeners, it feels like an intimate connection between me and each listener. And then you start to realize we're all feeling that. And it feels like this web of people, this community. What a beautiful thing. It's changed my life. So what I decided to do was just as a thank you to the fans, here are 200 things I have learned or been very much reminded of via hosting Beautiful Anonymous. One, people root for each other. Two, many people in this world do not feel listened to. Three, humans know how to survive some bad stuff. Four, the world is dark. Five, the world is harsh. Six, the world is hilarious. Seven, the world is filled with people who prioritize kindness. Eight, people want to help each other. Nine, people who have been through the worst stuff often have the best senses of humor. 10, saying stuff out loud can go a long way. 11, raccoons sometimes live in people's homes. 12, donkeys can make good pets. Thirteen, people get very upset when you say you don't love dogs. Fourteen, middle-aged women are far more badass than anyone gives them credit for. Fifteen, it is shocking how many women have experienced some form of sexual aggression. Shocking. That has, that is something I theoretically knew before this show. It has blown my mind how many callers have relayed that it's shocking. 16. Men are way more willing to be vulnerable when it's anonymous. 17. The need for toughness? That's the most overrated quality expected, particularly of American men. 18. Out of all the hard things I've heard, nothing seems harder than losing a child. 19. Moon Mist? Good flavor of Fago. Had it in Detroit? It's good. Moon Mist is good. 20. The biggest demographic of people is probably people who don't want to fit into a simple demographic of people. 21. Apparently, I have a nice voice. I did not know that. I hate my voice. I've hated my voice my whole life. But a lot of you guys have said I have a nice voice, which is uh, very mind-blowing to me. 22. Even in 2020, it seems like a lot of life comes down to work, sex, religion, and family. 23. Prisons are a... Listen to that follow-up with the prison-bound caller. Oh, my God. Prisons are uh, messed up in their economic design. Horrible to people. Look into it. 24. I can hate guns, and other people can love guns, and we can both be right at the same time. Those can coexist. 25. Sometimes all you need in this life is a crazy-ass goose laugh. 26. Deaf people... Can listen to podcasts. 27. Apparently, my best friend is an Australian guy I've never met in person. 28. There's a lot of people who want to sing in this world and they just gotta sing. 29. I've learned that dying isn't as scary as I used to think. 30. Not living? That's the scariest thing in the world. 31. If we all had one friend as good as those road dogs, the world would be a happier place. 32. I've learned that giraffe is not a good nickname. 33. It has been reiterated to me that my mom does not like cursing. 34. My aunt Karen does not like cursing. 35. Learned it can be really tough to get a passport short notice. 36. There are a lot of lonely people in this world. Thirty-seven, most people still feel hope. Thirty-eight, when you say you don't like dogs, a lot of people really immediately want to tell you what kind of dog you should get. Thirty-nine, fans of phone calls are good huggers. Forty, people in Toronto are so nice, they don't even ask for their money back when a live call drops like 11 times. Forty-one, There's always at least one left to be found, even inside the darkest subjects. 42. Cook on medium heat if you don't know what you're doing. 43. Sometimes you gotta just yell at a tree. 44. Apparently you can make a good living by writing 20,000 songs about poopy and cities in the Midwest. 45. Things can get better. 46. Things can also get worse. 47. If you take a plunge and buy a record store, it might just turn out okay. 48. The Philly SEPTA train system has a lot of weirdos on it. 49. People do not like co-hosts on my show. I've learned this the hard way. It doesn't even matter if it's Katie Couric, someone of a cultural status like Katie Couric. You guys just want phone calls, man. That is very confusing and also flattering. 50. Heroin is one of the worst things to ever exist. 51. Teachers who make out with students are bad, bad people. 52. Reconciling your own past does a lot of good for your future. 53. Sometimes when I'm sad about my entertainment career job being stressful, I just need to remind myself that other people have survived actual civil wars in countries where life is actually hard. 54. Turns out Satanists can be pretty chill. 55. Americans can be pretty uptight and assume that bad things are going to happen. 56. That being said, we later heard from the Australian Bushman caller who said things did eventually get shady, so maybe we got a point. 57. Apparently, I would be really popular in Perth, Australia. 58. I learned that Copenhagen has a neighborhood where there are no laws. 59 I'll say it again. People don't fit into boxes. Demographics are a lie. 60. A lot of division amongst people is created by people who make money off of getting clicks. 61. Londoners will tolerate sitting in the Nando's just to hang out with me and Jared. 62. I have learned in so many ways that I don't know nearly as much as I think I do. 63. Getting corrected is a great thing as long as you can resist the urge to be defensive. 64. Life works better if you listen more than you talk. 65. So do phone-based podcasts. I learned that. It took me a couple months to learn that, but you got to listen more than you talk when you're doing a phone-based podcast. 66. Whether you're born in Cuba or the Deep South, I am always impressed by people who travel to a lot of different places. 67. I've learned how to chew into a microphone without being heard most of the time. 68. I've learned how to burp into a microphone without being heard most of the time. 69. I've learned how to suck on mini jawbreaker candies near a microphone without being heard most of the time. 70. I have not learned how to change a diaper near a microphone without you guys hearing it. That one I have not mastered. Seventy-one. I've learned how to pour water near a microphone, but I—I I think you guys do hear that most of the time. Seventy-two. I've learned how to read ads for ridiculous things with a straight face. I know it, and you guys know it. Seventy-three. I've also learned how to put real enthusiasm into the ads for products that I really believe in, and luckily for me in this show, more often than not, that is the case. I'm quite lucky with the advertisers we get. Seventy-four. Once you learn about a person, it becomes much harder to hate them. 75. Perfection is overrated. 76. No one lives a life where you don't have to throw a few punches along the way. 77. I've learned that podcasts are what they are because they're intimate and listened to during times that are personal. And in that way, along with others, they're really beautiful. 78. I've learned that you can't trust that snake, Harry Nelson. 79, young people get underestimated all the time and it is pissing them off. 80, a lot of people in this world have unfulfilled artistic ambitions and it just bums me out, every time, bums me out. 81, sometimes people already know the advice they need to hear, they just need to hear someone else say it out loud. 82, listening doesn't cost you a dime. 83. Being kind doesn't cost you a dime. 84. Empathy goes a long way. 85. Might be weird to say this on a phone-based podcast, but I think our phones might be killing our social abilities. 86. The internet is the most extreme double-edged sword in human history. 87. For some people, their own religions can scare the shit out of them. Sorry, Sally. 88. For other people, their religions afford them the greatest opportunity to do good in the world. 89. I've learned that I'm probably still a little more Catholic than I thought. 90. I've also learned that I'm not the only Catholic who feels this way. 91. I've learned that some people... Oh, I already did that one. Okay, that's our first repeat. When you write 200 of these things... We're going to have some repeats. I mean, it's a better written version of the one about guns. I end this one by saying we can also both be right and both be wrong, and those things can coexist, which is probably a more eloquent way to end the one about guns. I wonder how many other re... Oh, God. Now I'm all stressed out. We all knew it was going to happen. Okay. 92. People are as amused by New Jersey as they are grossed out by it. 93. There are many ways to go off the deep end, and it can happen to anyone. 94. It is common for people to make bad choices, but it is rare for them to have bad intentions. 95. I'd rather die quickly than slowly. 96. I'd like to die in a way that stresses my family out as little as possible. 97. I breathe a sigh of relief that I've lived a lot. I know that. Sometimes I complain on the show, I get stressed out, but I know I've lived a lot of life. I'm still relatively young. I, I feel really lucky about that. 98. If you have a chance to share something that might help people, it's honorable to do so. 99. It's okay to keep a few secrets for yourself, even if you are an open book. 100. Professional wrestler might be the last job where you get to live a P.T. Barnum-esque Carney existence. I was so jealous when I heard about that guy who was a wrestler. Number 101, I have been reminded. Everybody asks about my son. I get to be reminded every time they do. I love my son so much. And talking to so many people, humanity loves their kids so much. 102, I've learned that I worry way too much. 103, I've learned that everyone worries too much. 104, the rare times I talk to people who aren't consistently worried, take a deep breath and remind myself that I should try to be a little more like them. 105, no one will ever convince me that math doesn't suck. 106, I gotta stop telling people that they shouldn't go to college. Okay, it's going to bite me in the ass when my kid is in high school. I got to stop saying that. 107, I have learned, sadly, that Americans cross the board. They're not happy right now. They're stressed out. 108, I've learned from speaking at International Callers that Americans can be very confusing to the rest of the world. 109, I've learned that Australians are like Americans but they tend to have cooler jobs and better accents 110 I've learned that animals in Australia are as terrifying as I think they are 111 I've learned the English sense of humor it's layered and they like me but there's jokes over there that I'm never going to get when, when I'm in London and people joke about accents and what a northern accent so- sounds like and whatnot, I, I don't I'm never I'm never going to get it I'm, it's, it's too specific and too layered But that's beautiful That's beautiful to go to a place and realize You don't get the inside jokes 112 So many places I've been able to visit let's, talk, let's go on a little run about the places I've been able to visit 112 Detroit has a lot more art Than any of us realize And a lot more wild people doing cool things 113 Hudson Valley fans There's artsiness there, but they're not all artsy, man. You also got this, like, libertarian, we got guns, we're living in the mountains up there. That's another vibe up there in the Hudson Valley, too. It's cool. 114, San Francisco. Oh, my God. The comedy fans there are thoughtful and refreshing. And I go to San Francisco. I know that city's being changed by tech, but that place makes me feel so relaxed and happy to be alive. 115. This show brought me to Vancouver for the first time. I've been hearing about Vancouver for years. It's as cool as people say. 116. Seattle. Beautiful place. Sophisticated place. Smart people in Seattle talking to me after the show, but Seattle also feels like it has a dark side. 117. I've learned that Portland, Oregon is the best city in the world as long as you never ask the question, wait, what was that all about? I was walking through Portland once. We were doing a live show out there. And uh, I saw this van pull up at the curb. And the door opened. And some guy just got up off a bench and walked up to the open door. And nobody really said anything or did anything. And then the door closed and the van sped away. I was like, wait, what was that all about? And that's when I learned never to ask that question in Portland. It makes anything too hard. 118, Chicago. Oh my God, Chicago is my spirit city in so many ways. I should have lived in Chicago at some point in my life. That will be a regret. I've learned that. 119, Philly fans, keep you honest, baby. We did the live taping there at the TLA and it it was really cool and uh, rough around the edges and the content of the call and the people in that crowd were the best. 120, I knew this but doing live tapings there reiterates it. Jersey has my back. 121, every time we do a live show at the Bell House, it's sold out. The Enthusiasm, the love, Brooklyn has my back. 122, oh my God, I have learned that Baltimore is pure magic. Baltimore, that's the most underrated city in America. Baltimore people, they're artsy, they're thoughtful, they're psyched. That city is so interesting, and that city is not blown out. Oh, my God. It gets to 123. I'm going to go ahead and say it. The Auto Bar in Baltimore. I have learned that that's my favorite venue in America. Best place to perform, in my opinion. For me, fits me so well. I fit it. Love that place. 124. I am thrilled that my job has taken me to all these places and allowed me to meet so many people. 125, phone conversations can be intense, but there's nothing like a quiet exchange after a show to remind you that the people, they're all out here, man. 126, I have learned that I am great on the phone and terrible at talking in person. You ask anyone who's ever met me in real life, hard, uncomfortable conversations. I'm eternally sorry about that. 127, sometimes it is hard to know that the success of this show has opened this Pandora's box where sometimes it feels like the world gets to unload on me. That's a strange feeling sometimes. But on my best days, I remember that this is an honor and not a burden. 128. I really and truly believe that regular people are more interesting than celebrities. 129. I really and truly believe that regular people are getting fed up. 130. I really and truly believe that it is regular people that have the ability to change the world. 131, it is both demoralizing and inspiring that despair and hope coexist and fight it out within so many of us. 132, love the things you love and do not apologize. 133, please still try. Anytime I talk to somebody who used to be in despair at some point, who's now on the other side of it, universally, they are so happy to still be here. Please still try. 134, I have learned that Grammy Award winner Jared O'Connell is really great at what he does. Genuinely, it's so it allows me to show up and just be a putz and somehow I have a successful show. Thank you, Jared, for everything. 135, shy people. They're the ones with the craziest stories. 136. All right, let's get a little graphic and personal. Here's what I've learned. I've learned that when you put too much honey in your Earl Grey tea and you drink it way too often, it makes your poop come out like these weird little rabbit pellets. I had to ease off on the honey. 137. Talking about politics can be exhausting, but talking about politics through the lens of how they're affecting The day-to-day lives of an individual, regular person, that's not exhausting at all. That gets very eye-opening. 138. It's our second repeat. Oh, God. Writing 200 things is so hard. Okay, I'm just gonna skip that. Okay, I've learned that uh, I don't have a great memory for things I wrote. This took me, like, weeks to write all these, okay? Cut me some slack. 139. No hobby is dorky if you like it enough. 140. People are going to doubt your ideas. Don't listen to those people. Stick with your ideas if you really believe in them. 141. Old school forms of communication, they still have a lot to offer. And I really hope that people get innovative thinking about how to use them. 142. Sometimes the scariest stretches of your life are also the ones you look back most fondly on. 143. One of my greatest accomplishments is that in 200 episodes, I have never once tweeted the wrong number and barraged some unsuspecting person with thousands of calls. That's probably the thing that I think is the (laughs) most unlikely success of this show is I've never ruined someone's day with the wrong phone number. 144. The world might be broken, and we might not be able to fix it, but I'm happy to learn there's a hell of a lot of people in this world who are going to go down swinging as they try 145 the three things that I believe people cannot live without are food water and hope 146 not throwing shade on my past projects but it does feel good to make art that more than a group uh, okay this is our first should I just try it again we're not doing drops baby if I mess it up we're 146 in before I've misspoken for the first time Jared no drops let them hear the flaws let them hear. Let them see the scar tissue. Okay, 146. I'm not trying to throw shade at any other work I've done in the past, but it does feel good to make art that more than a tiny group of sad teens enjoy. 147. That being said, I still so truthfully think that sad teens are the people who have the most potential to change things for the better. 148. One of the things that makes me saddest is when people don't feel free to be who they are. 149. Doing live episodes often means a lot of traveling alone, but when I get to meet the listeners after the shows, that is very often when I feel the least alone in my life. 150. Selfishly, I'm happy to know that if I pass away, these conversations will survive. And the way that I felt about so many aspects of the world will remain on record. 151. I don't know if all the corporate people around here are going to love me saying this one, but let's uh, put it out there honestly. I've learned that I don't like paywalls. Don't love paywalls. I think that's fair for me to say. That being said, I, I am proud of the uh, a lot of the stuff we've put behind the paywall. We work really hard to uh, make sure that it's worth your guys' time and money. 152. I got to say here, I'm going to tell you guys, on my, on my cockiest days, I wish these conversations could be somehow archived and uh, used in academic settings. Maybe it's because I'm an American studies major, but I feel like these would have fit in those classes I took. Because I'll tell you, when I'm not being modest, and I usually am self-defeating, but when I'm not being modest, I feel like these things might be capturing our era of cultural history in our own words the way that those letters Ken Burns uses in his documentaries used to 153 I also have a lot of doubtful days so uh, since I was just pretentious let me get it on record I am well aware that I'm just farting out phone calls here alright and having fun doing it 154 we have to watch out for forms of communication that are texts DMs tweets, Facebook posts. Those things are all fine for what they are, but we really have to value and get back in our lives the forms of communication that aren't that. 155. I am filled with the constant question, 100 years from now, how are our great-grandkids going to know any of us? What will they have? 156. I'm somebody who has thought a lot about legacy, but... Maybe what actually matters more than that is just having a happy and regular life. 157. I make money through comedy and acting and writing, but this show has taught me to stop believing in that question when people ask me what I am because now I know the answer is just a person. The things you do do not define who you are. 158. For a lot of people, creativity is medicine. A lot of people, creativity heals them. I love seeing that. 159, the world, simply put, is more fun if you assume the best in people. 160, one of my favorite things to witness ever is when a person the world underestimates stops underestimating themselves. 161, begrudgingly. I got to admit, college has actually served many people well. It didn't work for me. I didn't love it, but for a lot of people, it's actually been a good thing. 162, so happy that this show reminds me so often, cynicism gets you nowhere. 163, one of the most inspiring things in the world is learning the methods people have found to push through tragedy. <coughs> 164. When I meet listeners in person and they tell me this show has meant a lot to them, it means a lot to me. 165. Sometimes I wish that I had felt less pain when I was younger, but I think that's probably what makes me sympathetic to other people's pain now. So I really don't think I would go back and erase that pain even if I could. 166. I've learned... That I really like working in the audio medium better than I like working on TV for a lot of reasons. Maybe chief among them, it makes it harder for people to identify who I am and bother me while I'm trying to eat ice cream on a date with my wife. 167. Out of all the projects I've done over the years, I think that beautiful anonymous listeners, they're probably the ones who know the real me best. 168. I want to make sure that my son sees as many places as he can. 169. I want my son to be more comfortable talking to people than I am. 170. I am glad as I get happily older and happily lamer that my son, he's going to be able to experience my past work. He'll find all this stuff someday. And he might know that at some point. I was kind of cool like a cool artist in Brooklyn for a while he'll know that that's good 171 important one bombus legit great socks not kidding they did not pay for this this is not some uh, some uh, secret content that they paid for bombus are the best every like everybody I know who gets them is like yo you weren't lying about the bombus 172 <sighs> okay not trying to throw anybody under the bus who has paid me money over the years, but I'm I, I will, I'm gonna say I still feel bad that we advertised that psychic service that one time. I didn't uh, 100% understand what it was, and that's my bad. That's my bad. It was a uh, you know for a show that has a lot of people who who maybe have some mental health stuff going on. It wound up not being a great match. I'm not disparaging their service. This wasn't a great match for us. That's one that I uh, my bad on that. 173. It's very odd to me to learn how social change moves so fast, but also not at all simultaneously. 174. It's nice to serve a purpose. 175. I'm proud that I've been so open about my mental health, but I am also legitimately terrified at times how often this leads to me sharing the pain of other people's mental health problems. 176, I've learned it so many times, been reminded of it via this show so many times. 176, I love being alive. 177, I think if I'm remembering right, I've only had to pause one call ever to go pee halfway through. And that's a miracle. 200 calls. I think I've only stopped to pee once. 178, I've learned this over and over again on the show. It can take decades to sort out weird shit that happened during your childhood. 179. I've learned that America probably shouldn't be one country. Like, realistically, it's like seven different countries. Culturally, it's weird. It's weird that this large amount of space is one thing. 180. I've learned to constantly remind myself that as a white person and a guy, my experience of the world is not the baseline. That applies to everyone. 181. Things can go bad in the blink of an eye. 182. Good times can come out of nowhere. 183. I gotta stop spending my whole life feeling like I'm in such a rush, man. I always feel like I'm in a rush. That's a big part of why people never slow down and learn about each other. 184. I gotta spend less time worrying about what I want and more time appreciating what I have I, I have to tell you over the past four years of doing the show this sh- that's probably one of the major effects the show has had on me is it has made me really appreciate the things I have 185 it is such a shame that being kind is not everyone's starting point 186 there's so many places I've never been I talk to people from all over the world there's no so many places I haven't been this show has made me want to see every place 187, everybody in the world would be well-served to cut themselves some slack. 188, I find it interesting that people who choose to live in more isolated settings often seem to feel less loneliness than those who live in very crowded places. 189, I have learned that loneliness is a cancer. Loneliness grows, and it is hard to stop. And man, it can kill you. One ninety. One of the most frustrating people's. Oh God. Okay. I got up to one ninety. I only misspoke twice, Jared. We're gonna leave these in so people can realize that I'm a goddamn professional over here. Okay. Oh God. You're in the tail stretch, Geth. Let's go. You got some really good hard hitting ones in the last ten. Let's do it. Okay. Deep breath. One ninety. One of the most frustrating feelings that I have seen on display via the show over and over again. So frustrating to have motivation and nowhere to direct it. 191. Ooh, this next one is true. When you find people in this world who think even remotely like you do, hang on to those people. 192. Every day, there is the potential for lunacy to erupt. And honestly, it's on you to either endure that lunacy or enjoy that lunacy. 193. Age doesn't define us half as much as we think it does when we're young. When you're young, you fear getting old. But I talk to everybody of all different ages and the older people. Very often, man, they're still living cool lives, fun lives. And they're in a more zen place such a great thing to learn so much stress when you're young about running out of time man getting old is fun 194 I spent a lot of time in my life letting my fears dictate my decisions and it is much better to find some trust in the world this show has made me trust the world exponentially more than I did before I started doing it thank you to everyone who's called and made that happen 195 195 this one's a little bit a repeat, but I don't care because it's so true. The most important part of talking by far is listening. 196. It makes people feel really good when you ask them a question and then you actually demonstrate that you want to hear the answer. I think that a lot of times we feel like people ask us questions and it's just uh, pausing before their next turn to talk. It means a lot when you're clearly interested. 197, people can hang on to trauma and keep it secret for years. And a lot of times, that's not necessarily because they're ashamed or they're afraid. They just feel like no one cares. You got to care. 198, it takes a lot more strength to be sincere than it does to be cynical. Cynicism equals weakness, sincerity, Equal strength. 199. Number 199. That's staying blank. I intentionally said I'm not writing anything for 199. Why? Because it's a reminder that even though I'm listing 200 things I've learned, I got a lot more to learn. And I know that all the time. 199 is blank. I got a lot left to learn. I can't fill in all these things. It would be disingenuous. 200. Maybe the most important thing that I've learned through this show. I think maybe something that a lot of people have uh, learned, been reminded of via this show. Love is everywhere. It really is. It really is. That's 200 things I've learned or been very much reminded of thanks to my time hosting Beautiful Anonymous. I have to thank everybody over the years who has made this show happen. I mean, going back, I want to go back to the early, I mean, think. I mean, Jeff Ulrich, who helped build this show, Eric Dean, Chris Bannon, Colin Anderson, everybody, man, the Reverend John Delore, Greta Cohn, Jared O'Connell, Harry Nelson, Anita Flores, Jordan Allen, everybody, man, everybody who helps with this show, everybody who's ever advertised on the show, and most of all, everybody who listens to the show, and such a huge thank you everybody who calls, trusts me to be the uh, shepherd of their stories, and uh, who has, I'm not kidding, made me think about the world differently and believe in humanity more than I ever have, and who has uh, helped me grow up in so many ways that have made me a better person. Thanks to all the musicians who contributed music to today's episode. Shellshag, of course, whose theme song has meant the world, sums up the themes of the show, I think, uh, clicks with people for a reason. Love you, Shell Shack, Mikey Erg, Jeff Rosenstock, Laura Stevenson, Mal Blum, all such good friends. Support them, support their work. Thanks for listening to this show. Hope we get to do 200 more, 500 more, 1,000 more. I hope that when I drop dead, it's talking into a microphone with one of you. I hope that's when it happens. I hope I'm 89 and I can barely hear you and um, talking to a real human being out there in the world. Thanks for listening, everybody.